Curiosity on Dublin City FM. We're here, we're queer, we're full of festive cheer. Get into it. I'm James O'Hagan and this is Curiosity, proudly presented by LGBT Ireland, the national LGBT support service. Whatever's on your mind, LGBT Ireland's helpline volunteers are here to listen seven days a week on 1800 99 539. Coming up on our extra special Christmas spectacular today, Podrick and I will be joined by podcaster, journalist and bona fide soundest person in any room they're in, Louise McSharry, to have a quick stroll down memory lane as we revisit some of the highs and lows of 2023. As the year draws to a close and our attention begins to inevitably shift to how we'll spend 2024, LGBT Ireland Head of Services Adam McBride joins us to chat about how to get involved in LGBT Ireland's vital volunteer-led helpline offering non-judgmental listening ear to members of the LGBTQI plus community in their times of need. And... Christina Fitzharris, coordinator of Midlands LGBT Plus Project, a leash-based LGBTQI plus support service offering support, social opportunities and information to queer people and their allies across the Midlands, joins us to talk about their LGBTQI plus Christmas Day online drop-in event. And if that's not enough, we'll be sorting the mistletoe from the missile no when we deep dive into a selection of the most controversial Christmas opinions. But before we get to any of that, he's the nutcracker to my sugar plum fairy, Podrick Wilson-McCarthy. Can you handle <laughs> Hello, my little Christmas pudding. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm I'm a festive delight. I'm positively sozzled. I can see that in you, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's that time of year, isn't it? For it's certain. Been, oh God, I have to say now, I've been in a fog of some sort of um, you know, sort of winter yeah. funk for, for many a month. Manic. Now. It's just like you know, system overload. I think, but I'm very excited for the big man with a heavy sack on Monday. <laughs> Look, I have to say, he'll be delivering all the presents. Yeah, to, I've to, been to, a to very good boy this year, James. <laughs> <laughs> so I should get spoiled rotten. Absolutely. You might even get that Tinky Winky doll. I wish, I hope so. I hope so. I've been giving everybody the fact that my sister got a Tinky Winky doll years ago and I didn't. Still fuming. But no, but so Christmas, where do you stand on it? Um, I do. Do you know what? I love Chris. I love the idea of Christmas. Um, and as a child, it was absolutely my favorite time of year. I do find over the years, though, it becomes added pressure. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. when you become an adult, these things are definitely not as fun as they used to be. No, they aren't. They you aren't. You know, there's a lot of like social expectations, and then you know you're finishing up work. It's dark and dreary, but it's that time of year where burnout is like. Oh yeah, rapid. it completely is. So that's kind of I. I sort of made a um a bit of a deal with myself a couple of years ago that I kind of only really properly celebrate Christmas every second year that I take kind of a year <laughs> off in between so that I can actually do like a proper recovery yeah. and I've done that where like I a couple of years ago I stayed in Dublin over Christmas it was you know we just went out for Chinese on Christmas day oh, and really? it was just That's it lovely. was gorgeous just like yeah. hung around watched a few watched yeah. a few movies and then like the following year when I did the whole traditional Christmas thing it was yeah. like lovely and I think like my parents have gotten used to me being like right I'm actually heading off to, to Grand Canaria this Christmas I'll see you bye oh God, so that. they know now that um, yeah no no totally for me like Christmas in my house uh, Christmas day especially is very casual you know what I yeah, mean yeah. like I'm the type that's you know the way like people get dressed up for Christmas day and they're like you know they've, everything is brand new and in my head I'm like I'm not wasting a brand new outfit on these people that I see every day <laughs> absolutely no way absolutely no, no hashtag OTD no, for you they're getting my onesie <laughs> and that's all they're getting 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, to be honest with you, I've gotten so, like, I, I, I go on to ASOS now when I scroll. Like, I, I get, used to get so excited thinking about, oh, I'm going to get amazing outfits for nah. all of December. And I used to, I scroll and I scroll yeah. and I scroll. It's and infuriating. It's just, it is. And then I realised that it's probably just that I'm old now and they, what's actually, ha- what's I can hear, like, the clarion call of, of M&S. I find sort of my, all the, um, yeah. My, my, <laughs> my, my issue with ASOS and those kind of things is um, I see something that I like, but I don't know if I like the thing that they're wearing or whether I just love the model. But you know what we will like? <laughs> A lovely chat with Louise McSharry about 2023 in review. Let's get into it. The vibes have not been with us in the year gone by, but thankfully the most magnificent guest in the world is here with us to help us review it. And I have the most important question of the year for her before we go. Right. Deep breath. Firstly, are you okay? <laughs> and everyone's like no no I'm not okay I'm so not okay like I'm desperately not okay uh, do, do we give the vibe check in 2023 a solid D minus yeah. oh my god no We're, well okay I had truly like to quote uh, Dickens the best of times and the worst of times this year yeah. and like mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of us kind of feel that way. Like loads of good stuff for a lot of a lot of personal development mm-hmm. this year. A lot of personal development, but lots of major challenges and then also the like backdrop of the world completely it, falling yeah. apart. Oh, totally. Like it's just been it's been it's do you know what this, the worst thing with this time of year is reflection. Oh here, no, it's that's not what, a we don't year need for that. No, it's not a year for reflection. I have been, mirror, let me I'll tell take you, seven years bad luck. I have been paying seventy euro a week to reflect on a weekly basis. <laughs> so I'm just Babe, simply... I know. It was my it was the only New Year's resolution that I actually maintained. <laughs> yeah. And I went broke. Yeah. Thousands but, of euro. The, the the year that gone by has, I suppose, really just kind of thrown absolutely everything at the wall. It's it's like sort of a a, a final season of a show that's just trying to find a new way to be relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a couple of things. Do you remember the spy balloons of January and February? No. So, January and February of this year, multiple Chinese spy balloons spotted all over North America getting shot down by the government. We were nearly on the brink of World War Three about eight times. Like, here I am, and I'm like, was that couldn't have been this year? I honestly, I mean, you could have told me that was 10 years ago, and I would have been like, yep. yeah. Okay, second up, orcas versus yachts. This is the early part of the year was encapsulated by a story of 500 yachts being attacked by over the course of the last three years. 500 yachts have been attacked by by orcas with one particular orca matriarch teaching the young'uns how to do it. (gasps) I love this. (laughs) Oh my God. That's my camp, babe. It's like a drag mother. She's anti-capitalist orca. Yeah. But I mean, and and no wonder because in in August, we reached the highest ocean temperature of all time at 20.96 degrees Celsius. Oh my God. Imagine though, imagine the sea creatures were organising and they were like this is ridiculous imagine they were like this is ridiculous like yeah. we have got to do something we need to get rid and of this them. is what we're going to do I know I know can you remember can you remember who won the Oscar for best actress can you remember the film that she was in <laughs> This is what happens. No, everything, everywhere, all at once. Michelle Yeoh. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I believe I could be correct. I believe oh me God, and you had yeah. a very impassioned conversation about her. I'm on sure we did. I'm sure we did. <laughs> James, I have ADHD. I only know the present moment. How are you? Yeah. How are I you? live in the now. Yeah. But no, I think that we will get moved on. We, we have each selected the story that we feel encapsulates uh, 2023 to the best, to the best of its ability. And I think that you're starting strong with something that 
took over the entire world to the extent that I knew the names, backgrounds of every single character involved despite never having oh, watched an same. episode of the Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, it was a really exciting time to be someone who's been watching Vanderpump Rules for 10 years, you know, or however long <laughs> it's been on. Yeah. It paid all. Because I started watching the real... So Vanderpump Rules is a spin-off of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm. Um, and I started watching The Real Housewives 15 years ago. Like I was in... Back when I used to have to find grotty links on the internet before you could even like torrent things or, you know... Whatever whatever like you know I was really using all of my ways and means to find and watch The Real Housewives and so the last few years have been kind of like oh all of a sudden everybody's on board it's very easy <laughs> yeah. now yeah. You just get about yourself, the bandwagon. yeah get yourself a hey you subscription and there you are you've got all the episodes you could possibly want some of us had to work for it <laughs> but then it paid off kind of when Scandal happened and it became the biggest kind of pop culture story of the moment and everybody was playing catch up and I was able to be like well this is how, <laughs> this is how it happens yeah. this is what the show's about but it was truly thrilling because obviously, you know, for people who don't know, you're talking about a TV show that's about young, hot people working in L.A. in a restaurant. They're all terrible. You don't really like any of them. The only one you kind of like is Ariana, mm-hmm. yeah. who is at the center of this scandal where basically her partner of years, um, who she lived with, I think, for eight years or was with for eight years, um she finds out that he's been cheating on her with her one of her best friends who at times was even living with them post breakup with another one of their friends like it was shocking and the impact it had Globally. on conversation was yeah. insane it, it opened so many things in it, so many it, it was honestly it was like it was like the, the the closest thing to a monoculture i feel like we've had in I don't know, except for Taylor Swift. It's like Taylor Swift and Scandaval basically owned (laughs) this last year. Yeah, Yeah. crazy. And you didn't have to watch it to know what was going on because it was absolutely everywhere. No, it was. And so many people on TikTok were explaining every single nuance. Like, I mean, that's the beauty of TikTok. You don't have to really watch anything anymore. You'll get the best bits on TikTok. That's all all I really want out of my TikTok, though, is people explaining things that I haven't had to consume in longer forms. I want want a (laughs) video version of everything. Yeah, Yeah, three three minute version with like a weird game playing in the other side of the screen that I'm trying (laughs) to to ignore and then the mad search for part two TikTok is the mama bird who's already chewed the food and is like siphoning it into your mouth yeah Uh, you you were bringing us somewhere similarly pop culturally behemothly in uh, in, in your 2023 catch up story I've been in a firm firm grip by Britney all year like Britney's memoir this year like literally hit me somewhere and it's taking up a large portion of my brain Mm. and like I don't read books but I did listen to this one (laughs) my god my god did I listen to this and I I ate it up it was just like do you know what it was we've watched Britney for the last couple of years and people have been constantly commenting on like what she's been posting online and you know that it's a bit you know it's it's sort of character and ways and and this that and the other but actually what this book does is it really justifies her behaviour and I suppose um, everything makes sense yeah. like her behaviours yeah, now all make sense like all the publicised media betrayal of her has been justified yeah. um, and also on that note before we move on because I know we can't go on with it all day and I'd love to Justin Timberlake we oh, need to cancel oh, him, girls. He's over. Yeah. I, I won't ever get over hearing Michelle Williams going saying, faux shiz, faux shiz, yeah, no I way, know, no way. I know, I know. And the hairs on my hairy back that's stand my up. Jura- yeah. I was going to say, that's my Jurassic Park. No, that's my Roman Empire. <laughs> no, we, we've, we've somehow raced through uh, far far more of this time than I, than I thought we were going to get through before I've even been able to start talking about Dylan Mulvaney. And that's a good thing because honestly, I could, I could do a, a three-hour conversation about the absolute ridiculousness of this entire story. So my story of the year that I think perfectly encapsulates 2023 because it is a load of people being outraged over 
nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Being outraged over nothing. So yeah. influencer, trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney was sent a can of Budweiser with her face and some pronouns on it, which she w- was paid to do a sponsored post on her Instagram. And the entire American Republican Party had one of the most bizarre breakdowns. You had Kid Rock out there shooting at Bud Light with an AR-15. You had Ted Cruz writing to something called the Beer Institute to request a review. You had Marjorie Taylor Greene going on the rampage online about it. And at the centre of it was a poor 22, 23-year-old influencer Mm. who was completely left to her own devices with absolutely nothing to do. Just being left to, uh, to, to kind of like deal with it. Yeah, it was crazy. It was insane. Now, we have two minutes left, so I'm going to play this game. This is where I need another clip played. Okay, we're ready for it now. We are now playing Guess the Moment. Can you listen to this moment and tell me what it is from from this year? (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly what it is. Oh my God, what is it? No. Is it the policeman coming down the slide? In June of this year, a Boston policeman, I don't even, he obviously went through some like tear in the, um, in in the the space time continuum and he shot out the end of this. We're going to show you this TikTok and we are going to film your reaction to it. That's what we're going to do. Oh my God, babe, you need to see it. It's brilliant. It's exactly (laughs) what a Boston police officer deserves. Oh, I'm very excited. I I have to say that that kind of encapsulated my experience of 2023. Oh, babe. (laughs) Oh, what about me? You met me this year. Well, look, silver linings. <laughs> if you if you had one word to sum up the year before we finish up, what would it be? Chaotic. Yeah, chaotic. Yeah. I actually go with chaotic. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah. You're gonna yeah. stick exhausted. That too. <laughs> you're you're gonna stick with us to yes. have a chat about your 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 Christmas um Woo-hoo. your your favorite Christmas chaotic Christmas mem- memories as well. <laughs> uh, but first of all, we're gonna play your song of the year. Would you like to introduce what it is? Yes. Well, Fanula chose Padam. Um. So <laughs> Padam. Padam is everyone's song of the year. It's the commercial song of the year. It's the song of the year. But but if there was a the band that I listened to the most this year and um, was boy genius and this is cool about it no it's not this is strong enough <laughs> not strong enough sorry year, National LGBT Helpline volunteers give literally thousands of hours of their time answering phone calls and responding to online chats from members of the LGBTQI plus community in need of support, information or experiencing a crisis. And as we move into 2024, LGBT Ireland is calling out to members of our community who would like to give something back to consider volunteering. Joining now to chat to us about what volunteering entails and the vital role volunteers play in delivery of LGBT Ireland's frontline services is LGBT Ireland's Head of Services Adam McBride thank you for joining us thank you for having me it's great to you're very here. welcome Adam <laughs> so first off can you tell us a bit about what supports um, are offered by LGBT Ireland well the main support LGBT Ireland offers is our national helpline which began in 2010 when a number of regional helplines got together to create one national helpline we still have uh, regional offices throughout the country so we have Dundalk Dublin um, the West and Cork And those helplines are open seven days a week, 362 days of the year in the evenings. So that's Monday to Thursday, 6.30 till 10 and Friday from 4 till 10. And then at the weekends from 4 till 6. From that helpline, we then offer other services like our telefriending service, our peer support service and our trans family support line. 
Um, and actually, I suppose that's uh, it. It outside of those hours as well, because I suppose we're very linked in with the the Samaritans, and they would have been the foundation of the training, isn't that right? That's right. Yeah, our training is based on the Samaritans' training and um, on their kind of the way they do their active listening and their um their, the skills that they would train their volunteers, and we would have similar training mm-hmm. for our volunteers. And so, and outside of office hours, or outside of the hours of our helpline, that, that helpline, that, that Samaritan's helpline is, is there. I thought one thing that I, I, you know, from, I've been working now within this kind of area for the last number of years and sort of a constant refrain from people when you speak about the fact you're working for an LGBT organisation can be, though less so now, thankfully, to, thanks to the far right for one thing, it's mm-hmm. helped people understand that actually uh, gay rights still matter. Uh, people kind of view Ireland as being very progressive and very inclusive for LGBTQA plus people. And my question, the need for a service like this because like is there still a need for a service like this yes James <laughs> that's why I'm here <laughs> yeah there's definitely still a need so like in 2022 we took over 1,800 contacts to the helpline and bearing in mind some of those could be people chatting for like maybe over an hour to someone because it might be their first time yeah, talking about their sexuality or their gender did you say telefriend service as well there? Yes. Could you explain service. Can you explain what that is? So it's a befriending service similar to the one that Alone offers for people who are older uh, members of the LGBTQI plus community, particularly those who might be living in more isolated or rural areas who just want to kind of, I suppose, connect in with a member of the community. So we match them up with a volunteer. The volunteer gets in touch with them. They set up a time once a week. Yeah where they that's kind of lovely. link in and have a chat. And like, yeah. I suppose that's something that you could do probably from the comfort of your own home. Like you don't have to go into a certain place for that for that to happen if you wanted to volunteer. That's a really interesting, mm-hmm. really interesting. Yeah. What are the sort of issues that people are, are ringing the helpline with? So we get a pretty wide range of issues. Um, often it's people, so it, firstly it'll come from people within the community but it also comes from their friends, their families, allies who just want some information on how to support their loved ones. Um, we'll get people who are calling looking for maybe regional supports or signposting. We get people calling just for a chat. Yeah. You know, people just want to ring in and feel linked in, yeah. even if they they might ask for things, they might never want to use them, but yeah. they just want to know that we're out there. There's a community out there who has their back, who yeah. wants to support them. Yeah. Um, we do get more difficult calls as well, of course. There are calls from people who are maybe distressed or, you know, who are feeling very down. But thankfully, they've reached out to us and they've taken that time to... to connect in with somebody which is really important and really great and even if all they can do is just talk for a little while to a volunteer I think it makes them feel more connected and more part of something bigger and to know that it's kind of a the whole world out there is a future yeah. out there for them that they can maybe look forward to. And I think that, you know, particularly because, you know, if you are struggling to come to terms with your gender identity or sexual orientation, kind of, it'll be a lot for you to carry on your shoulders. And you may be a long way from feeling like as if you're ever going to be able to tell anyone in, in your own life about about it. So the fact that this is an anonymous service, like, do you get people kind of contacting to have conversations about their identity in that way, kind of where they are looking to just like unburden themselves of a secret that they're carrying. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think a lot of the calls would be people who are maybe coming out for the first time or want to kind of say it for the first time out loud. Or we have a chat service as well for people who don't feel comfortable talking mm-hmm. on the phone. But like they want to say it to someone. They want to get it off their chest in a way. And like we all know how important that moment is as members of the community. Totally. It's like coming out mm-hmm. is such an amazingly important moment as a volunteer you sometimes get to share in that mm. I suppose it's, it's the value of being able to say it out loud for the first time to somebody you know and getting a yeah. reaction and I think you know 
in my own experience, once you say it once, if every time you say it, it gets a little bit easier. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You'd hope. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you, you're, we're currently actively recruiting volunteers all around the country. Um, as someone yourself, who kind of your kind of first step into to working in this area was through volunteering on the the national helpline. Kind of, what would you say to someone who's thinking about maybe this being a way that they could give back to their community? Absolutely. I mean, really, I loved it. Like, I loved volunteering on it. Like, I loved it so much that I ended up working with LGBT Ireland. So, you know, <laughs> I loved it. Um, but like, it, it's a fantastic way to feel like you're giving back something to the community. It's a supportive environment and you can come out just like feeling like you've made a difference to people in that moment where like, particularly the ones that are really emotional are the ones that are someone saying I'm coming out for the first time. You know, just to feel like you were there for that person on that really important step of their journey. But like it's it's just it's really rewarding um, and it's a great way as well to get to know all the people in your community. Like it's a really good way to get to meet other people and like if I do say so myself, our training is very good. So <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, was the, ne- the next thing I was going to ask about was like what sort of training and support is there? Because obviously, you know, kind of if you're sitting at home listening and you're thinking, God, like taking calls that could be, you know, very complicated. Distressing. Very, uh, distressing. You, you want to know that like you're going to have like some proper mentoring and training and kind of like also you're right, like the benefits of like building that community as well. So like what's the kind of volunteer experience like yeah absolutely so we actually um the majority of our helplines now are working um, back in offices so we did move to online during the pandemic because we wanted to keep the service running but we found that volunteers also prefer to be actually with another volunteer when they're doing it for that for that reason Mm. but also just kind of support in general so we do detailed training for all new volunteers um it's based as i say on the samaritans training and then there's also bits that are specific to the lgbtq plus community um, all volunteers are mentored for their first, say, four to five calls, uh, depending on how comfortable they yeah. are. They can be mentored for longer if they mm. want to be, you know. So their um, existing volunteer will sit with them, will talk through, um, you know, what what they're doing on a call or after a call to kind of decompress with them and that. Once you're kind of up and running, there is um, a local coordinator for each area that you can link in with for support. There is regular meetings off the individual help, regional helplines. And then we have our annual conference every year, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic opportunity to meet lots of people because um, all the helplines across the country come together. Um, we do have skills and training, but we also have fun. We have like yeah. fun sessions and getting to know you <laughs> sessions. <laughs> imagine. I can just imagine. Uh, what have so what have volunteers who have signed up in the past said about the experience and like what have people said about like what have they taken out of it or what have they gotten out of it? Well, people who are signing up usually sign up for two reasons. They want to give back to the community. That's usually a big one. But they also want to feel more part of a community or be more connected into a community and meet new people. And then like we have some people who have been on, who've been working with us for 10 years more. Like we have some volunteers who've been with us for years. And I think it's just, they really feel like they're getting something from it. They really feel like they're making that difference. Um, because, you know, so so much of the time, a lot of the LGBT things at the moment in particular is about like our rights and our kind of the larger picture that I think sometimes it's really nice to connect in with that thing of like actually just helping somebody, a member of the community on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And can you tell people about where they can find out more information about potentially volunteering and how they can actually start that process if it's something they're interested in? Yes, they can contact us on info at LGBT.ie. 
they can go to lgbt.ie forward slash volunteering on our website and there's an application form there. So they're welcome to contact us in either of those ways and let us know they'd like to get in touch and that they'd be interested in volunteering and we'd be happy to link in with them. Brilliant. And for anyone who may be kind of listening to this and perhaps they're struggling with their, their identity or their orientation or other issues relating to it, how can they reach out to the National Helpline? Please do call us. We're on one eight hundred nine two nine five three nine. And we are also available on lgbt.ie at the same opening hours. There's a chat box in the corner. It'll pop up for you to say it's open and you can chat with a volunteer either through the chat box or through the phone. Brilliant. Delighted to hear from you. Thank you so much for coming in to chat to us today, Adam. Thank you, Adam. Thank you very much. Midlands LGBT Plus Project was originally established in February of 2021 as Leash LGBTI Plus Project, but due to huge demand for LGBTQIA plus services in the Midlands, it rapidly expanded to offer services across the entirety of Ireland's heartlands. Joining us now to chat about the growth of the project over the last two years, why it's so necessary to have LGBTQI plus services accessible throughout the country, and the LGBTQI plus Christmas Day online drop-in event, this pro- is project coordinator Christina Fitzharris. Thank you so much for coming in to chat to us, Christina. Hi, Christina. Hi guys. How are we going? We're doing great. Very well. <laughs> Delighted to have you. Uh, I was. I, we'll get to. We'll get to talk about the Christmas Day event in a few minutes. But I just was so touched when I saw that because I think it's such a good idea. But first of all, would you tell us a little bit about the background of Midlands LGBT and what sort of service services do you offer and, and what sort of a community you've built? Yeah, so you gave a little bit there. We did start in Leash um, just over three years ago um, and we expanded very, very quickly due to demand. We originally set up as one supporter and social group in Leash and within months it was in Offaly and then a couple of months later it was in Kildare. So now we cover Leash, Offaly, Kildare and Westmead. Mm-hmm. We have about 15 to 20 support and social groups per month and we see 100 to 200 service users or people coming along every month. So it's it's quite the yeah. quite the project now. That's brilliant. Like th- there is there is a tendency to see LGBTQI plus services and issues as entirely city based. But the success of Midlands LGBT plus project shows that there is there is actually a thriving a queer community right across the country. What what is the difference in the needs of those in a more rural area as opposed to like city city based uh, queer communities? Yeah, so that's a great question. I suppose it is a it's different in some ways and it's not in other ways. I think often oftentimes people as adults haven't been introduced to queer spaces as young people like they may have in mm. Dublin or Cork or yeah. different cities they may not have had access to LGBT youth groups or even just a diverse community in their school where they'd have lots of different kind of people and stuff so we are kind of going back a little bit and starting the groundwork of that I suppose giving people a space one thing I love about ours is oftentimes in cities the the LGBT community itself is so segregated and you have you know lesbian nights you have dark yeah. nights you have gay men nights and different things whereas mm-hmm. you know we have separate groups we have trans trans only groups we have over 50 groups but the majority of our groups is everyone together so yeah. you have people 18 plus you have someone that's 18 and someone that's 85 yeah and there's so much experience in that there's so much learning in that and they they thrive and we thrive seeing that, you know, you have people in migrant backgrounds, people from direct provision, and there's 20 of them sitting together discussing over pizza, you know, their week. And that's really, really lovely. Oh, that great. intergenerational piece is so important as well, because like any time we organise events that that have that aspect to it, people get so much from being together, that's learning it. and sharing that that queer that queer history. Um, you guys were instrumental this year in organising the Heartlands Pride in Atlone, which was a winter pride festival that took place back in, in November with loads of great success from local businesses and the people in the community 
that you were really, really actively involved in it. Do you think it's important that we start to see LGBTQI plus identity celebrated beyond the bubble of pride over the summer? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I suppose pride, you know, what is pride? Um, it's not a week in the year. It's not a month in the year. It's mm-hmm. not a parade that goes down, you know, Dublin's main streets. It's it's a movement and it's, you know, it's something we feel in ourselves and something that a community should feel. And I think I personally feel rural prides are mm. absolutely instrumental to the community because that's what we try to kind of drum into all of our queer folk in the Midlands is that you don't need to go to Dublin once a month to be gay. You don't mm-hmm. need to go to yeah. Dublin to be out. You don't need to go to college somewhere to be out. Yeah. You don't need you to. You can do it at home. You can do it at home. And I think the prides that we run, you know, Heartlands Pride, not alone, Leash Pride in Port Leash, they make people see in their hometown to be proud they make mm-hmm. people see you know oh my god there's my local butchers with a uh, pride flag hanging out of it I have people bringing me you know men in their 80s that run little old man pubs that say can I sponsor you my grandson is often coming out as trans yeah. and it actually gives back to the community in so many ways because not just the LGBT community the rest of the community in there's Leash, an authentic link yeah and they, they find ways to communicate and to say here I'm behind you I'm proud of you and that's not just money yeah, sponsorship. It's, you know, putting up pride flags and different things. And I do think as well, that, like that there can be a, you know, in those smaller communities where you have those local businesses, there's a real weight behind having those people come in behind you because they set a tone. You know, up in Dublin, you're walking in the road, you've got your H&M, you've got your gay spa, you've got that. But if you go into Athlone or to Mullingar or any of these places, it's going to be predominantly small businesses that are owned by people who are of the community. And that sets a tone of acceptance and inclusion for people that really can't be matched by any sort of big gay spar bunting. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think people could learn a lot from exactly that. Looking at H&M in Dublin, I'm telling you, hey, there's a H&M in Athlone. They do nothing when, <laughs> yeah. we, when we do pride yeah, because they yeah, don't yeah. care. The marketing yeah. is not there for them. Yeah. But yeah. The, the small coffee shops and the little restaurants are always just 100% Brilliant. behind us. I suppose like, it's so clear from from chatting to you and, and knowing that like the the services that you provide are invaluable to the community, um. But it has been quite a challenging year for Midlands LGBT plus pro- project in terms of funding and uh, uncertainty. If if someone's listening to this today and they they'd like to be able to contribute in any way, um, how could they how could they do do that and what would that mean for for the organisation? Yeah, this year has been our most challenging year, I suppose, yet in terms of funding and, you know, and it's everybody, we're all feeling the... The pinch, the for pinch, sure. The pinch, absolutely. Yeah. So grants are drying up, different different things like that. So we would so, so appreciate if people could pop onto our website, which is just www.midlandslgbtproject.com and you can make a donation, you can buy our merch, you can gift someone a nice uh, gay t-shirt for Christmas. <laughs> a little week for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and I think that it is. You, you're absolutely right, though. Around the 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 sort of the economic climate has made it that so many incredibly valuable, usually volunteer led yeah. services are having that small bit of money that they would need to even keep themselves just ticking over, taking away. So it's so important that people, particularly of our own community, are yeah. giving back to those those sort of charities, and making sure that we can keep yeah. doing the work that we do. Um, but so this this year uh, has been very challenging for members of our community who may not have like can be very challenging for members of our community who may not have strong traditional uh, family connections or who's spending Christmas alone and feeling isolated. You're running an online drop-in event on Christmas Day for the LGBTQI plus community. Can you tell us a bit about that and why did you feel it was something that you wanted to do? 
Yeah, so when we were established, it was the middle of COVID and people couldn't get home at Christmas. People were isolated from their family. So that's when we started. Um, we actually did it two two or three years ago with just our, our groups and said, pop on if you want yeah. to come in for an hour, um, have a chat. And everyone was kind of by themselves. So we had a huge big crowd mm. at that time. And it was really lovely. We kind of mm-hmm. had a little bev together. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some chocolates. We, um, we really had a lovely time. So this year I saw kind of a little bit more of a rise in that again. People saying, oh, they weren't able to go home for Christmas. Christmas or they didn't feel comfortable going home from Christmas and also people go dreading going home for yeah, Christmas mm-hmm. yeah and it saying, happens exactly so we're kind of saying look this doesn't mean it's not just for people that are sitting in their bedrooms by themselves all day if you want to go for a walk on Christmas day pop in your headphones and yeah. you know chat Have along chat. to us for an hour that'd be super that's a, a gorgeous idea I think it's such a because it's at this time it can be really lonely can't it it can be you really can be lonely at any time of the year but particularly at Christmas time no absolutely and I suppose or would you be welcome to people who might be listening to this who aren't from around the Midlands area to be able to kind of like send an email and say can I come along and join you for the for the afternoon absolutely we welcome everybody's family drama on Christmas <laughs> day <and laughs> oh my god it. I don't think I don't think you'd have enough time <laughs> mind. bring your own bring your own yeah. family drama we'll all listen in and chew down on it absolutely love it um, what, do you have any big plans coming for 2024 with Midlands LGBT now that you have had a bit of a like you've, you've got a bit of momentum behind you after the last couple of years and you've really solidified yourself as like a major kind of um, space within the, the LGBT sort of NGO network area absolutely 2024 I think it's going to be a huge year for us we're expanding again just our, our network of services that we're providing um, and we have recently set up our new trans in person group in the Midlands so we're hoping to expand that our over 50s group is absolutely thriving so we're looking at putting on a second one of them oh, for different counties so there is loads and loads of big plans coming in 2024 Excellent. That so keep is, an eye out That is absolutely fantastic Where can people follow you to find out more about Midlands LGBT? Yeah all of our socials are just Midlands LGBT Project Midlands LGBT Project Brilliant Thanks for so much Christina It was great to chat to you Super So Christmas Eve Eve is here and we're here with, I mean, our, our Christmas spectacular, spectacular guest Louise McSharry to help us talk us all about oh, you're too our kind. controversial Christmas opinions. Controversial Christmas opinions. Because, you know what, we're all bored of like, yeah. you know, the, the happy light yeah. in the fire. It's not all ding dong merrily on high No, not. it isn't. It is not indeed. So first of all, what's, what's your overall I don't think it. Christmas should be a family holiday. <laughs> oh, wow. Opening strong. Yeah, I agree. I would prefer to spend Christmas with my friends. <laughs> you know what? I actually get it because I went home the other day just for one evening, right? And when, while I was down there, I was like, do you know what? I don't think I can come home for Christmas. I was like, how are we fighting already? Yeah, I just like tensions are so high and... There's a lot of pressure. Yeah, like I, I actually love spending Christmas with my in-laws my in-laws like yeah. they're lovely but I I feel a lot of pressure with my own family yes. to like manage everything yeah. and everyone and it's too much I don't yeah. need that at the end of the year no you're absolutely right and I do think like I, you know I, I kind of think if you come from like in any sort of less than sort of you know chocolate box perfect family that has that perfect Christmas mm. you're always kind of looking at it and you're like this doesn't feel right it feels yeah. like we're mm. all being pushed into this weird mould yeah. that yeah. doesn't quite fit for us because it's like, unnatural actually I, isn't it yeah. it really is I mean, Christmas just needs to friends. diversify yeah. that's it, it diversify yeah. your brand babes someone needs yeah. to disrupt the Christmas <laughs> industry yeah. yeah without a doubt and it, maybe it'll be and me maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll be maybe it'll be you maybe it'll be. but anyway, first we're going to play a quick game of this or that so I think this one will answer itself so it's cosy nights in or big nights out 
Oh, big night out. Big night out. I'm, I mean, maybe I'm just old. Oh, no, don't <laughs> set me. Stop it. <laughs> we'll go to no, big I, night out. Maybe you're just I, really in love. Well, that could be. <laughs> well. No, I, I do. I do love a big. I do love a big night out, but I can't do as many of them as are required over the Christmas period. I have to say, hmm. Christmas Eve or Stevens' night for the fed big night out. I think people who th- say Steve for go out on Christmas Eve are like monsters oh what is wrong with you yeah i don't really go out either these days but i used to be mm. a big christmas eve girly for for me it's like i i meet people in the local pub on christmas eve that mm. i only meet on yeah. christmas eve but that for me now maybe this is like a, a loud thing but like in drada the, the night the big night was steven's night it's so a big like, it's a bigger night for sure it's a bigger night for sure on steven's night but... okay best meal christmas dinner or steven's day leftovers <gasps> Oh, 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 God, that's really that's hard. That's a tough one. That's really hard. Oh, for me, I just like, I, I want every meal served to me between two pieces of bread. So it's yeah. the leftovers. I would I say actually think I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you there. I'm like, I'm like, can we get the dinner over early? So by 7 p.m. I'm ready for round two. Well, see, in my parents, in my parents' house, they do have Christmas dinner at like 2 p.m. Do they? So then you're having your Christmas sandwich for tea. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, and I think that's that. the way it should be done. Yeah. And the days in between Christmas, those couple of those couple of like sort of in betweeny lost days, are they like a winter's wonderland or a winter wasteland? Um, it used to be winter wonderland. Uh, now with the kids, it's somewhere between the winter yes. wonderland and I the winter fi- wasteland. I find Tricky. it hard to, to like occupy myself. I can't imagine having to occupy <laughs> my children. And they really have. They're like very high demand. Like yeah. they so they have been sold this idea of yeah. what Christmas they're is like, and what Christmas me. should look like. Yeah, yeah. you've exhausted all like, the streaming services. Sometimes I need to sit down, kids. <laughs> yeah. like, come on, <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah. And for last, best adaption of a Christmas Carol, and why is it the Muppets? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I know any others. Yeah, it's the. Mu- I mean, it is the Muppets. Yeah. I literally have Miss Piggy tattooed on my arm like I couldn't be more committed I, I, to the Muppets I, I, I was always Fozzie Bear when when being when we played the Muppets as a child and I I can't I've imagine why embodied, yeah. I've embodied that throughout the rest of my life and I have the oh, like one of realistically the, the celebrity sort of celebrity um sort of comparison that gets made to me a lot is the ghost of Christmas present from the Muppets really uh, I can kind of see that actually. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Joyous and rotund. Yeah. It's my brand. <laughs> Same. <laughs> That's not, so much, not so much the joyous, I don't think. <laughs> okay, so do you, do you have a worst Christmas memory that you laugh at today? And obviously I've put this question because I do, So, but oh, floor is open. <laughs> um, when I was uh, about three, I really wanted a Barbie. I, in my mind, it's a Ferrari, but I Googled it and I think it was actually like a Maserati or something, but mm-hmm. it was like a fancy Barbie car that your Barbie could go in for Christmas and I got it and my brother immediately vomited in it and I was devastated like I was like I can never play with it now like within moments of receiving it Um, and actually that Christmas was my dad's last Christmas alive Um, and I don't have a lot of memories of him but I do remember him laughing his head off (laughs) at me screaming my head off while my brother vomited into the car so it's kind of a warm and lovely memory now that is like for for a complex situation that is that is a warm memory yeah, that you can bring with you is. absolutely yeah. I remember one year and my sister's quite older than me so I don't know why she was getting the 
Teletubbies. But they were quite a thing in the late 90s, you know. And she got Tinky Winky and Dipsy and I got La La and Po. And I was fuming because I wanted Tinky Winky and Dipsy. <laughs> Isn't it Tinky Winky yeah. as the handbag? Yeah, yeah. that's why You I need wanted. a Tinky Winky. And then she got him and I was like, I am fuming. And I'm sure the same year she got like Christina Aguilera's Dirty album. And I was like, I want that album. You got given like Nathan Carter I, or something. I was given something like, I don't know, the tweenies or something. So I was fuming. Oh I was throwing a strap. There is nothing quite like that, the rage of your, your sibling getting a toy that you wanted. Yeah, exactly. But so for me, my, my was that a couple of years ago, um, I had my heart broken right in the like, in the immediate sort of, just immediately before Christmas. I was oh. absolutely devastated. Oh my God. I felt like, I felt like the, the, um, the, 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 char- the charcoal in my, ho- in my, in my, in my, in my chest cavity just filled up and I was never going to love again. And I remember meeting up with the guy that I'd broken up with maybe about a week or so afterwards. And I th- we had been speaking about the fact that I, you know, we'd, we'd ordered presents for each other, kind of out of the blue or whatever. And we met up about a week or so later and he was talking to me about how guilty he felt, which said that like, he had been heartened because he knew that ASOS had a really good returns policy. So I'd be able to return oh. <laughs> the gift that, that oh. I had purchased him quite easy. And I was like, it was just like a, 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 like a, a sword just pierced through my into my. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my God, James, you are just so ridiculous. Here you thought you were never going to love again. And he was thinking, at least ASOS do a good returns <laughs> policy. No, but also it sounds like you were well shot of him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if that's those were his comforting words to you yeah you know, you've got a way there yeah. I've, I've moved on to bigger and better things for <laughs> sure it, it certainly is but you I, babe I, actually we've heard of you the the worst well the best Santa present but then immediately vomited and then your sister got the best Santa present yeah she always what does what was the best Santa present you ever got that like really still lives with you I mean, honestly, that's the only one I really remember. Like, mm. it really has always stayed with me. Um, I stopped believing in Santa when I was six. Well, you shouldn't have because he's very real <laughs> for our brunch time listeners. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I should just go home. Like... My, mine was a, a, uh, an April O'Neil. I, What's I, that? Oh, I loved April O'Neil in her yellow jumpsuit Teenage Mutant oh Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. yeah she, was no. she was very and shy. I was I, I got April O'Neil and I got Michelangelo, who were my two I favorites. I knew the turtles, all right, yeah. But and I was just like, I was the only Was child. she not a rat, no? No, no. that was <laughs> She was a human. They're like, oh, die. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, she might have been a rat. Dad we don't know. Come here, look. No, she was very glamorous. She could be whatever she wants Red to be Red hair, yellow jumpsuit. Okay. Very Love chic. That. I got a bike one year, all right, yeah. And that, that sticks out of my mind because I couldn't ride the bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. then it was it, the same year. It was like a really snowy year, so I couldn't go out on the bike either. It's a nightmare. Oh. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to sleigh or no sleigh. Oh, I love this one. Christmas markets, full on no sleigh for me. They are too hot. All the stuff is really terrible quality, and it is just it's like pushing through a, a Grafton Street crowd arranged by people who are drinking uh, mulled wine out of paper cups. It's a no sleigh for me as well. They're all the same. I'm like sleigh. What? Good for yeah, you. Jing- jingle bells all the way. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Go on. 12 pubs. Uh, I, uh, oh, like, I slay. I'm torn. I, I haven't done them in years. I, w- I would have slayed them 10 years ago, but I haven't done them in a, lo- in a long time. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, like, that... I feel like they have a time and a place. Yeah. No, so, yeah. I've never made 12. I Se- say oh, a no. good six. Yeah, I was about to say six, but semi-slay. So I would yeah. make a six pub yeah. 100%. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, matching Christmas pyjamas. No, slay. No, slay. No, slay. No, slay. I knew you were going to say slay. <laughs> with, with the kids. I, uh, no. Okay, it's different, different if it's just you and you're like your partner. But I just the don't kids come know along. about it. Although I do love that. Is it Emma Doran who has that bit about... It's like... Brilliant. 
when you see the mom who's yeah. been forced into the matching yeah. Christmas pajamas. She's, she's like, like she's appalled. like, what did he do what to deserve? Exactly. Yeah. I always think of my my sister, my brother-in-law. In that moment, I'm like, what did he do to deserve okay. it? Last one before we finish off is Elf on the Shelf. No sleigh. No sleigh. We do not engage. You're totally, no. you are way more qualified than I am to Why comment on this. Why in the name of God would we bring that on ourselves at Christmas when we're already up the walls? Yeah. Well, it's, apparently it's about introducing children to the concept of like state supervision. So it's about kind of like reinforcing the notion that the state will be watching everything you do for the rest but of your sure, life. But sure, my son is getting that anyway because at crash they tell them that all the like carbon monoxide <laughs> alarms with the flashing lights are Santa watching them. I, so have, like, I have worked in educational settings before and yeah, I can confirm that that, they is, do that. that is definitely so, like, he's, he's getting that lesson already. I don't well, need to be doing it at home. Louise McSharry, it has been an absolute delight to talk to you to this festive festival. Louise, life. thanks so much Please. for coming in. Where thanks, can people guys. go and listen to your gorgeous podcast and where can people find out yeah, everything so about you? My podcast is Catch Up with Louise McSharry. comes out every Friday. It's on all the usual podcast places and I'm Louise McSharry on all the social medias if you want to find me Fabulous. there. Fabulous. Ho, ho, ho. So, Louise, thank you so much for coming in to join us. In our wonderful festive spectacular, you have brought so much light and energy to the to the, eve, to the event. Oh, you're so kind. <laughs> you got me into the Christmas spirit, Louise. Oh, thanks, guys. If there's one thing you can say about me, it's she's a Christmas girl. Christmas girly. <laughs> oh, we're all jolly, aren't we? <laughs> um, but before, before we head off, before you tell people where they can go find you, you were going to introduce what was your live performance of the year. The song that, like, turned you out. So yeah. What is that song? So I went to see Rosalia in Primavera over the summer and she blew my mind. I'm and so jealous. It was it was honestly incredible. And the song that particularly did it for me was her opening number, which was Saoko. Saoko. So before we go to Saoko, where can people find you? Where can people listen to you? Where can people check in on what you do? I'm Louise Makshari on all the social medias and I do a podcast called Catch Up with Louise Makshari, which you can hear every Friday on all the usual podcast platforms. Amazing. Thanks, Louise. Saoko papi, saoko Saoko papi, saoko Chica, ¿qué dices? Saoko papi, saoko Saoko papi, saoko